Hello, I'm Nick McGrath and welcome to CardiCast, a glam podcast brought to you by New Cardigan. Chatting today with Romney Adams, who's liaison librarian in engineering, IT and science at Monash University. Hi, Romney. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Nick. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I was just thinking about it. I remember I, it's been quite a while since I've, I think I saw you at a Cardi party perhaps or something like that, but it was a quite a long time ago now. Yeah, I think so. I think the last Cardi party I was at was at the National Gallery of Victoria, having a look at the costumes collection and everything there. So a little while ago. Yes. Was that the art? So we went to the art centre. That was like our last Cardi party. It was like, was that February? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, the art centre. That's right. Yeah. That was such a great night. I think that was, I think that was February 2020 kind of just yeah, before right before <laughs> I know just before the world really changed for us in Australia like everything changed and for the world I mm. guess but yeah. um, how, how have you been going since then how, have you been working from home this whole time yeah pretty much so there was um we started working from home in I think it was late March of 2020 and then there was a brief period in 2021 where we were back on site but that was really I think a few months and then yeah working from home again the rest of the time so yeah that has I guess like for most people it has its pros and cons but um right now I'm kind of looking forward to the prospect of being able to go back into the office again at least you know one or two days a week so um yeah we'll see how that goes. Definitely like have you found that your job as a liaison librarian has transferred well to being all you know digital while we're working from home or have you found it a difficult transition? I think most aspects of my role well, all aspects of my role really can be done online. Whether the experience is the same or it's as effective is, you know, that's where the difference is, I suppose. So obviously things like checking email and creating content for classes and any collection development sort of work, that's easy enough to do by home. But then the main thing that's different is actually teaching online. That's a whole different ballgame, as you can imagine, to um, teaching face-to-face that comes with its own challenges and opportunities. So that's been probably the biggest thing to navigate. Like what has the response been from students like during this time? Has it been, you know, for a lot of students, they probably have had experience in the past with digital learning, you know, Mm -hmm. depending if they're on site or they're remote learners. But have you had any kind of feedback from students what, you know, that it's been a bit more difficult maybe for them to sort of access material or have they, you know, do they prefer it or do you have people in the middle Yeah, you're going to have a kind of a spectrum of responses, I suppose. And again, it's pros and cons for each individual. You know, a lot of students like myself appreciate not having to travel into the university necessarily, especially if they've got like an 8am lecture or something. I think students don't mind being at home in that kind of regard, but especially if you are expecting to have a face-to-face interaction and it ends up being online you know I think um, that's something that students maybe yeah struggle with a little bit in terms of motivation and you know not being distracted I guess some feedback that I've heard kind of quite often both in regards to sort of classes that I've taught but then also lectures that I've co-taught with academic staff is that students really struggle with you know not being distracted and staying motivated and switched on because you know like us they're just looking at a screen for a lot of the day which is obviously really draining so uh yeah I think face-to-face education is something that's still very much valued by students and by us as educators as well I think 
And I think that another big aspect is probably missing that the kind of social aspect of learning from mm -hmm. your colleagues and your, your fellow students and yeah, and I guess there's a whole range of, you know, learners, you know, people that have different ways of learning, you know, sometimes yeah. just staring at a screen is really hard, whereas you might be more tactile or prefer to be actually amongst it, like, among, you know, surrounded by people having conversations and that's how you learn or... No, that's right. I mean, I know personally I much prefer to learn face-to-face. -face. I mean, I can learn online, but, yeah, it was interesting. I actually saw there was a student survey that the coordinators for one of the units I teach into that they ran and it was anonymous which was great because then the students felt like they could be really honest and the kind of diversity of responses was very interesting because there were some who said I much prefer to work to learn online especially for those lecture type scenarios you know because they don't feel as afraid to contribute or to speak up or anything like that whereas other people other students were saying that they really didn't like it yeah, there's a whole range of things. And certainly for the sort of way that I would run workshops and things, you know, pre-pandemic and everything, I much prefer to work with students face-to-face. -face. It's far easier. But, yeah, we've all had to adapt and just try new things over the last couple of years. Definitely. Like, you've been at Monash University for over eight years now in, in various roles. Is it still each role? Is it change a nice challenge like getting into a different subject area do you enjoy that as a person do you enjoy learning yourself and sort of going into different areas that you might not have a background in but I was just thinking from my point of view that's one thing I love about my job every day I'm learning new things and I get to learn across different topics and subject areas and disciplines is that something that mm. you yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's one of the aspects of librarianship that is so wonderful. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe not everybody feels the same way. But for me, whenever somebody says, oh, you know, what do you like about your job? Or can you tell me more about it? Part of the reason why I find it so invigorating is, as you say, there's new challenges every day. And you're always learning something different. So you're kind of the physical embodiment of the concept of lifelong learning because there's always mm. something new, you know. I've been in my current role now for three years, three and a half years, I think. You know, time's a loose construct <laughs> nowadays. So that's kind of in the, that STEM sort of area. And I had worked in a STEM role prior to that, a couple of roles prior to that. And when I first came into that role, I thought, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be able to work in this area because that's not my educational background at all. But you quickly realise, you know, your transferable skills and all of those kind of things. It's really quite enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, you were a Monash student yourself. So I guess um, you studied... Uh, Bachelor of Arts, History and Sociology and had a, did an honours, mm -hmm. Master in Business um, Information Systems at Monash. Do you think, you know, being a student at Monash yourself, like coming as a graduate of those courses, do you think mm -hmm. it helps you kind of relate to students that you work with in your job? I think so to a certain extent, but then of course, you know, I get older and the students stay the same age. So, you know, in, in that regard, so, you know, there is the, a bit of the, you know, Steve Buscemi greetings, fellow kids, you know, <laughs> that kind of, um, <laughs> uh, that kind of aspect. But no, like, I mean, I think uh, having that experience of what it is like to be a student at Monash and, yeah, to not be too far away from that student experience does help because I think, you know, the further away you get from your own study, you can really easily forget the pressures and the challenges of being a student you know and I do still remember when I was studying my undergrad at Monash there was I think maybe we had 
maybe we had one library presentation that was like five minutes, but actually probably not even that. Now that I think of it, I think that was actually part of my master's. So yeah, I knew what it was like to really not have any interaction with the library. So it's quite nice to know that I can be part of something now, which is actually, you know, helping students get into the swing of researching and studying at university. So do you think it's like Monash has improved the connection that students have with the library now in recent years compared to when you were studying, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so when I was studying my undergrad, that was, I started that in 2007. And yeah, as I say, there really wasn't, I no, I was a classic student who, I've always been pro-library and engaged with libraries. So I definitely went to the library quite often um, and studying an arts degree, you often have, you know, a cause to directly go to the library. But yeah, now I think that we are much better in embedding ourselves in students and getting ourselves in front of them, whether it's face-to-face or online, and kind of letting them know about the services and expertise we have to offer. And do you think, like, with your engagement with students, do you think that any of them are interested in, like, libraries as a career for themselves or are they kind of asking you questions about what it means to be a librarian or or are they so more focused on the research that they're doing? So the students that I work with, they're predominantly from science and engineering. And I guess if you're studying one of those degrees, that's what you know, more often than not, that's what you envisage doing, um, something related to those areas. But, yeah, every now and again, I'll have a class with a particularly engaged or curious group and they'll ask me some really interesting questions about it usually surrounds, you know, like librarians and their opinion of open access and um, access to materials and things like that. Or, yeah, I guess people don't know what they don't know with different aspects of librarianship and, you know, scholarly publishing and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, every now and again, you'll have a conversation with a student, which is pleasantly surprising in terms of their interest level. And then I think they're also pleasantly surprised in just how complicated some of these areas of librarianship can be oh that's really great to hear I know I know there's always like it's always a tough job <laughs> in our sector in the mm. sector to sort of break down those stereotypes or what people think the job entails so it's always nice to hear <laughs> when people are actually asking those questions and are engaged and interested it's sort of a wonderful thing and I guess the thing that I would like to ask you too do you remember what made you want to become a librarian Yeah, it was a bit of a um, circuitous journey, I suppose. So when I was young, my dad was always, you know, he's a big library advocate and every Saturday was library day. So he would take (laughs) me to the, uh, yeah, yeah. So we would go every Saturday to um, Frankston Public Library. And so, you know, libraries were just a part of my life for a long time. You know, as I was going into high school and progressing through there, you know, I was like, kind of classic student, I guess, in that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't have kind of a career focus or anything like that. And my parents, probably from, I don't know, about really 13 or 14 onwards, were always dropping these seeds about, oh, you know, what about librarianship? What about working <laughs> in the library, you know? And I'd go, oh, I don't know. It didn't really appeal to me. And my dad would say, you know, it's more than just looking at books. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd say, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And I didn't really think about it seriously as a career. And then, you know, I did my undergraduate degree and just kind of followed my strengths, you know, humanities background, you know, writing essays and all that kind of thing. And my plan always was after I finished my undergraduate degree, I'd have my kind of delayed gap year and go travelling. 
and I did that. I went to Europe and, you know, met with some family over there, and, you know, travelled around. And at that point I had been thinking more about librarianship or publishing and editing. That was my other kind of career choice that I was tossing up between. By that stage I was working in a bookstore, so, you know, I was surrounded by books and knowledge and, you know, having interesting conversations and I thought, oh, you know, yeah, maybe librarianship wouldn't be so bad. And it, it was really when I was in Europe, you know, and as I said, I'm a big lover of you know, the humanities and art and all of that sort of thing. So I was visiting a lot of galleries and museums and libraries. And it was while I was traveling that I really got to kind of get a sense firsthand of all the different ways being a librarian or being a glam worker could manifest. And that's what kind of sealed the deal for me. And I thought, yeah, when I get back, this is what I'd like to focus on and study and work towards. And so while you were a student in your master's course, you volunteered mm-hmm. at the Frankston City Libraries, which is lovely seeing that you said, you know, you're visiting the Frankston Library every Saturday with your family. <laughs> Was that a nice sort of circle there? Or I guess, you know, when you sort of went through the, mm, I'm not sure, you know, if your parents were mentioning, which is really lovely that they were even mentioning that as a career option. But then mm. you went through that, oh, you know, travel. Uh, actually, maybe this is something I would like to do. And then come yeah. back, and, you, you know, ended up at Frankston City Libraries as a volunteer and then you went to mm-hmm. the State Library as an intern in the manuscripts yep. department. Was that was that a lovely experience for you? Also, sometimes being a volunteer, can you can have some, some aspects of it can be a bit boring because you sort of depends on, on who's mentoring you, I guess. But what was your experience of that? They were both lovely experiences for different reasons, I suppose. So, yeah, as you sort of say, at Frankston Library, that was that sort of full circle nature. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the volunteering work I was doing there, it was, I'm just trying to remember now, it was really shelving books. And, I mean, you know, that's fine. It's, it's work that you can just kind of switch off and do and there's an appeal to that definitely, especially if you're, you know, volunteering. That's the work you do, but then you're also experiencing the library in a different way. So I'd move from being a patron of the library to kind of seeing, you know, to a limited extent, seeing it from the other side and, you know, get being able to have more conversations with the librarians who I kind of interacted with as a patron for years, you know, since I was five, some of them were still there. So, you know, being exposed to those kind of conversations and seeing a way, the way the library works from the back end was really, really lovely. Um, And then at the State Library, yeah, that was a great experience. Um, So that actually started, it was my professional placement that I completed as part of my master's degree. And the project they'd given me, they sort of thought, oh, yeah, that'll be tidy and nice to do over two weeks or three weeks, however long the placement was. And it sort of got to the end and the person who was supervising the placement said, oh, yeah, I think this is a bit bigger than we thought, you know, and they sort of said, if you want to, there was no pressure, but they said, if you want to, you can come and keep volunteering until this particular project's finished. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. So that's how I stayed there for, I think it was kind of six months in the end, coming in one day a week to finish off that little project. And yeah, that was wonderful just because it exposed me to you know, an area of librarianship that I was completely unfamiliar with and especially manuscripts, you know, I didn't really have any idea what it looked like to work in that kind of area. And they were also fantastic at the State Library about setting up meetings between me and people in like preservation and maps and special collections and all sorts of different areas. So it really gave me um, a rich understanding of the kind of work that they were doing. Um, So yeah, they were both very, very positive experiences. 
having experience as a intern and volunteer at you know public library and and the state collection at the time were you thinking oh I'm going to end up in academic libraries or did you have a sort of thinking about that while you're a student or a volunteer or was it just sort of a job came along and it seemed like a perfect opportunity sort of what what led yeah. you to the yeah academic li librarianship yeah, so while I was studying my master's, um, I guess it's a bit of a theme. I didn't really have any prior thought of like, yes, I definitely want to work in public libraries or I definitely want to work in academic libraries. You know, I was really open to anything. And the degree went for one and a half years. And towards the end of my first year, I got a casual role as a collection facilities assistant. So basically circulation desk work at the Caulfield campus of Monash where I was studying yeah, I really loved that role. I'd never really thought about academic librarianship before and what that looked like. But yeah, through that role, I got to see the kind of other work that the qualified librarians were doing in different areas of the library. And yeah, I guess with hard work and also good timing and a bit of luck thrown in probably, you know, I was in the right place at the right time when I graduated to apply for a maternity leave role in um, what was then known as the research and learning department of the library. So, um, yeah, the, the stars or the planets kind of aligned <laughs> in a way to kind of allow me to broaden my experience. And then, yeah, academic libraries has had me ever since. So, yeah, it wasn't planned, but, it you know, it worked out. I'm, yeah, I'm happy with how it worked out in that regard, definitely. Oh, that's great. It's, you know, it's always fascinating to hear people working in GLAM, their origin story, because it's like what a lot of what you were saying, I was sort of sitting here nodding my head thinking, yes, I wasn't sure myself. And I, you know, had to try a few mm. different things. And then, you know, sometimes you just have to be a little bit in the right place in the right time, but also just give it a go. Like anyone that's listening to this podcast today, who's maybe studying or not sure or thinking about career change into glam sector. Sometimes you just need to give it a go and see if it's for you. And, you know, some like sometimes volunteering can be good for that, I think. I always hate the idea of a volunteer being exploited in any, any way. So if it's, mm. you know, if it's a rewarding experience for the volunteer and they're learning and then they get to move on to an, a job opportunity, I think it's great. Or if it's a, a volunteer that maybe is retired and just wants to spend a day a week volunteering because they love it and they really enjoy, you know, being in the glam sector in whichever kind of role they want to do. Is that what you say to people when you sort of, if you speak to a student or someone that wants to volunteer in libraries, what do you say to them if, if that comes yeah. up in conversation? Yeah, as you said, kind of volunteering can be a bit fraught and there is that exploitation aspect mm -hmm. of it. So I suppose, you know, I guess with any industry really, um, you do perhaps maybe more with, uh, with the glam industry, there is that sort of expectation that there'll be some kind of volunteer aspect to your career progression. And, you know, even when you have an ongoing role, if you want to progress to the next level, you're going to have to do some kind of work that's beyond your pay grade, I guess. So that's always going to be an aspect of your job, I think. But yeah, as long as you are getting something out of it, whether that's the actual work you're responsible for or whether it's the exposure to those different conversations and those different networking opportunities that's part of it. Yeah, if it's if it's a value to you, then keep going with it. Um, but as you say, yeah, I think it's really important to be open to, you know, different opportunities and different areas of librarianship or the glam sector more broadly that you didn't necessarily think you'd find yourself in or or didn't necessarily think would appeal to you, you never know. 
So that that's what I kind of say to people, say to students or new grads, definitely. Yeah, it's good advice, I think, because, you know, I've had volunteers that have come back after doing, you know, there were students and volunteers and then they'll go off and do a, a bit of work and maybe have contract mm. work and then want, want to come back to volunteer. And I always try to encourage them, like there's a point when when you just need to keep going for those jobs because I just hate to see anyone getting exploited in the, you know, in that role as a volunteer. And that, yeah, so it's, you know, it can be a rewarding thing, but it has to be a rewarding experience for the student and, and also beneficial for the, it needs to be a two-way relationship that works, I think, in both sides. So yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting one. And I do like to, try, it is. I do like to talk about this because I think, um, like you were saying, it is a bit of an issue in our sector. Um, mm. I think, like you said, we are expected to volunteer, you know, because there is such a practical element to our work like a hands-on physical element as well as, you know, which you don't really learn in the course and you need to learn on the job, but most employers are not really willing to employ you unless you have some kind of at least volunteer experience in whatever job it is that you're going for. Mm. Um, I think it really does help, but it's also, it does give you that while you're a student, I'm like, you know, go and volunteer, spend a couple of weeks here, spend a couple of weeks there, wherever you want to go. Cause that's a time when you can experiment as a, as a student. Cause how many people were students in our sector, in the glam sector? You're just not sure until you sort of, um, while you're a student often, and you just need to mm. give it a go, I think. But I guess that kind of leads me on to my next question, which is, I was just going to ask you, do you see yourself as an academic librarian in the you know, foreseeable future? Or is there anything else that you, you're looking, you know, thinking about or would like to try in the future yourself? Yeah, academic librarianship at the moment, but maybe even for the last five or 10 years, it's kind of hard to quantify. It feels like it's been at a bit of a crossroads. So even within that area of librarianship, it does feel like there's change. There's a lot more, even in the, you know, relatively small time that I've been at Monash, there's been a much bigger focus on sort of, you know, research data management, research impact, metrics, all of that kind of thing. You know, that's all changing. Open scholarship, open education resources, all of these kind of words and phrases are things that really weren't things that were talked about in a broad sense when I first started. You know, the role is changing all the time and you've got to make sure obviously that your skills and knowledge and expertise kind of stay on par with the with the development of these kind of areas. So, yeah, for, I, I mean, I would never say never to working in public libraries or special library or you know, uh, state library, state collection. I mean, because, you know, you do have transferable skills, so it's not as though you're locked out of those different areas of um, librarianship if you've only worked in one and vice versa, of course. But, yeah, for the foreseeable future, I don't plan on making a um, kind of big change to a different area of librarianship because I think there's enough change to keep me interested within academic librarianship. And has it been really tough? I know, like, I've been sort of hearing from colleagues working in the university sector, you know, it's been a tough couple of years for universities. Have you noticed it yourself in the area that you work and the colleagues you work with? Yeah, so at Monash, we we ended up losing in the library about a quarter of our staff, and that was through a voluntary separation program that happened in late 2020. And then there was a library restructure as well that followed that in 2021. It's, ha- it's been kind of ongoing for most of this year. So, um, yeah, so there's definitely been a lot of change. 
part of that restructure, sorry, I should have said was um, a team that was based in the library was moved out into another area of the university. So those people didn't lose their jobs, but the library still lost their kind of people power and expertise. Mm. Yeah, so it's been a really, really uh, tough couple of years in that regard, definitely. Um, And especially with working from home, undergoing a restructure and a, a kind of change of that kind of level and then all being kind of separated and isolated at home for most of it has made it even harder I think yeah I've noticed that too like you know when people leave the organization you might find out or might not but because everyone's working from home it's it's going to be really interesting going back to work to see how many you know faces are no longer there when because it's not always communicated clearly have Mm. you found that that like I've just noticed a lot of people are losing their jobs or just leaving to other organisations during the last two years for whatever reason. It's just, I think it's going to be unsettling. I mean, it's going to be a big transition for everyone going back to working back on site, either part-time or, you know, eventually full-time hopefully again. And Or, or mm-hmm. for some staff, they might even consider, you know, depending on they might might enjoy working from home a bit more than they did before COVID. Have you found that for your team or... Or do you work closely with your colleagues at work or or is it more like your work is sort of separate and you can sort of do your job and then come together when you're wanting to sort of, I guess, working on a project or something like that or collaborate on something? What has it been like for you, I guess? <laughs> That's a long question. <laughs> That's right. I was trying to keep up with all the questions. Um, let me know if I don't answer anything you yeah, asked. Sure. Um, so at Monash, what they have what's arranged at the moment is for my particular role and people with a similar role like mine where we can do some of our work from home we're able to work you know with no government restrictions kind of in place we can work two days from home per week if we'd like to that's for the full-time fraction so that is good because you know you do have the time on campus to connect with your colleagues and definitely collaborating in person and just the ability to pop into somebody's you know, someone's office or at somebody's desk and ask questions and brainstorm. Obviously, that's much preferable to do face-to-face and much more energising to do face-to-face than it is to try and figure something out via yet another Zoom meeting. But then there are definitely aspects of my work where I just want that time and space to, you know, be in my own head and really focus on um, a particular task or project or whatever it may be. So I do think that mix is really beneficial. And, you know, I think most people in the kind of work that I do feel that. There's no, obviously, stipulation you have to work from home. And I know um, there's a couple of people in my team or at the library at least, who do want to work on campus all the time, and that's fine. But I think having those options and that flexibility is really important and actually one of the kind of few positive things that has come out personally um, from the last couple of years in the pandemic is that, you know, flexibility to work from home because that just really wasn't forthcoming beforehand, not at a library level, but just I think university professional staff and the whole culture around that, yeah, it really wasn't something that was offered, whereas now it is, which is important because I just feel like it's much more, it's flexible, I feel more productive on certain tasks as a result and it just makes things more enjoyable, you know, pandemic notwithstanding. Mm. Interesting, Mm. like we we've had these discussions where we miss the coffee queue, you know, because I'm sure like oh, everyone, yeah. <laughs> those conversations you have with colleagues across your organisation, like not people that mm. you don't necessarily have meetings with, but yeah, I miss that myself. Like, do you find that 
you're missing those sort of conversations. Like I know Monash would have a large workforce, so you'd probably see regularly see students or colleagues mm. in the coffee queue and get those random conversations. I really miss that. Do, have you been missing those yourself? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, just the ability to walk around campus or walk through, um, you know, the faculty buildings and bump into people. Yeah, definitely, because you can't do that virtually, can you? So, um, exactly. and, you know, I think it was the last day that we were on campus before this latest, you know, round of restrictions and lockdown and everything. I actually did bump into somebody um, who I hadn't seen in probably a year or two in the coffee queue. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, case in point. And we were able to have a, you know, a quick conversation and, you know, that was really lovely. But, yeah, that human connection and serendipity is something that you just, you can't replicate that online. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, even just I'm I'm terribly missing Cardi parties because it was just a really great opportunity to see people from across the sector that I would maybe not otherwise see. You know, it was like a, a chance every month to see colleagues across the sector and have those really awesome conversations that sometimes like kind of sparked ideas for me in my own job. It's just like a great opportunity. So I'm really, yeah, for listeners, I'm really hoping we can get back to, to doing in-person events eventually safely like maybe next year we'll probably be thinking about that a bit more um, in 2022. Thank you so much Romney I've really enjoyed talking to you and having a chance to see what your experiences have been over the last couple of years and just talking about your career it's been really fascinating so thank you. Yeah no worries Nick happy to have been asked and yeah (laughs) always great to always happy to chat about you know librarianship or glam with anybody who asks so um or you know anybody who I have the chance to bump into at a cardi party or something like that so uh yeah always happy to chat just get in touch. Oh that's fantastic thanks for that. That was Romney Adams liaison librarian at Monash Uni You can follow Romney on Twitter at Library Beret. And thanks for listening. You can find New Cardigan on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or on our website. Come and visit www.newcardigan.org. Become a member, join the newsletter and look out for future events when we can see each other again in person. And remember, folks, JFDI. JFDI.